Welcome to the True Masculine Project. My name is Eric. I'm your host and fellow student on the path of masculinity. On this show, we will discuss personal development and masculine principles so we can be the best men that we can be. If you are new to the show, welcome, and you may want to head on over to the intro episode. Uh, describes the format and a little bit more about what we want to cover here. And for the rest of us, on to the show. Hello, and welcome back to the show. On today, we are doing the final part of our story of Iron John. As a sort of summary at the events of the last episode, there was a battle which our main character participated in, and the kingdom would have lost if he had not gotten off his ass and decided to, uh, to do something about that. And we're going to pick up today from the aftermath of that and see what happens. So back to the story. The king said to his daughter, I will host a great festival lasting three days, and you will be the one who throws out the golden apple. Perhaps this mysterious knight will appear. After the announcement of the festival had been made, the young man rode out to the forest edge and once again called for Iron John. Iron John showed up to the edge and asked him what he needed. I want to be the one who catches the golden apple that the king's daughter is going to throw, replied the boy. That's no problem. You virtually have it in your hands right now, said Iron John. I'll provide you more red armor for the occasion and a powerful chestnut horse. The young man galloped to the field at the proper time and rode in among the other knights and no one recognized him. The king's daughter stepped forward and she threw a golden apple into the group of men and he was the man who caught it. However, having caught it, he galloped off and was gone. When the second day arrived, Iron John had him fitted out in white armor and a white horse. Once more, the apple fell into his hands and he did not pause for even an instant they galloped off and that made the king angry. This behavior is not allowed. He's supposed to ride over to me and report his name. If he catches the apple a third time and gallops off again, chase him. If he refuses to come back, give him a blow with your swords. For the third day of the festival, Iron John gave him black armor and a black horse and he caught the apple again, only this time when he rode away with it, the king's men galloped after him and one got close enough to give him a leg wound with his sword. The young man escaped, but his horse made such a powerful leap to do so that his helmet fell off and everyone could see that he had golden hair. The king's men rode back and told him everything that happened. Okay, so there's a festival going on and our boy here wants to be a part of it. Uh, so he goes to Iron John to receive a horse. Now, um, at the start of this festival, before the golden apples are thrown, which is like sort of a selection process, which is why the king's daughter is throwing them out, you can see that the boy no longer feels the need uh, to hide himself or is uncomfortable with his talents or dealing with other men, right? Previously in the story, he wouldn't have had the, uh, the willingness to go and stand in a competition like the one in the festival, but he settles in here uh, calmly. Now, after the, your internal king has been awakened or your ability to make decisions, right? And then your willingness to enforce those decisions and follow those through, uh, you're able to get things done, right? And you can do those things with pride, no shame. Also notice that there is no fighting at this festival, no jousting or people riding with horses, right? Here the young man has learned to control his anger. He moves out of pure dominance, out of a little, out of literal peacocking that you see guys do, um, not being able to control uh, sort of the feelings that they have, the drive to get things done. And he understands power and can display it when necessary, but doesn't resort to it all the time. Thusly, it's not the only tool in his toolbox, and he can get more things done and resolve situations uh, properly. 
Uh, Rob replies, main point here is that the warriorhood or learning how to modulate anger is an important step in all men's lives so that you're able to uh, know when and how to properly apply force. Uh, without it, you get overreactions to minor infractions or not using enough energy in rifle situations. Uh, now, people tend to sort of hide or want to divorce themselves from feeling this at all, but in doing so, you lose the positive sides of what uh, the feeling of anger right, will do for you. The, the, the idea here is that you learn how to modulate to control uh, this ability, not um, just like somebody steps on your shoes in a club, for instance, and now you're getting into a fight. That's fucking stupid, right? You should assume that any fight that you're going to get to get into, especially if it's on the street, that somebody could die from it. Plenty of people have guns in this country. Um, and if you're in a country that does not have guns, for my, inter my international listeners, uh, people have knives or whatever, or you don't know what this person is like. So if it is not worth dying over, uh, nine times out of ten, it is not worth fighting over. Now, allegorically speaking, all of the sort of combat-related stuff is done in the red armor. Uh, red is the color of iron when you're heating it up, right? Red is also the color of Mars, which was the warrior god uh, for Rome. Like I said, this is an old story. But um, even in our current language, we still use red for when people are violent, right? You don't show bulls the color red. When somebody gets angry, they are said to be seeing red. Uh, red is sort of the color of aggression. Now, um, it's given to the boy first because it's, it's a state, a energy that every man needs to learn how to control. Some people try to skip over it or don't want to go through the learning how to deal with this sort of use of force, the proper use of force stage, and jump right into the second suit, which was the white armor. Now, uh, the color white was said to symbolize good company, laughter, right behavior towards your fellow man, and the priesthood. Uh, it also brings into uh, either your minds the, the term white knighting or white knighting people, right? Or the annoying habit of dudes writing in to save women when they weren't asked to. This isn't to say that they're not fighting for right causes, these white knights. Um, it just needs to be the right causes and for the right reasons with no ulterior motives. What happens generally is that uh, boys are afraid or shamed out of due to just sort of the culture, uh, the learning how to use the proper use of force. You're told that force is bad, that you should never feel angry about anything. Um, and then they don't end up standing up for themselves. So they try to skip over the red phase and move right into uh, the white phase or the second phase. Now, the problem with that is that you just have people standing up for causes uh, that they haven't even bothered to consider if this cause makes sense or butting their nose into other people's business um, when they shouldn't be. This is why those dudes are just so fucking annoying or people just get uh, really irritating to deal with. They're always sort of riding around trying to save people because, uh, you know, if you're constantly dealing with other people's stuff, then you don't have to worry about your stuff. Now, the, uh, the third color here is black, which stands for mystical or ritual death, moving from one phase of life to another, um, actual death, mourning, or depression. Um, and this tends to be sort of a later in life phase. Now, um, the important thing to note is that the boy is wounded again when he is wearing the black suit of armor 
we will come back to that wound uh, later in the story. Just wanted to bring that up. We're coming going to a transition phase into the boy's uh, later point of life, which is why he receives that wound wearing the black armor. Now, all these stages are important because they all have lessons to teach and skills that every man needs. The ability to set proper boundaries and know what to fight for, the willingness to stand up for causes and to love your fellow man, and to engage with the world and put in the work. And lastly, the skill of bringing your unconscious habits um, based on things that have happened to you, protection mechanisms to the surface of your life so you can change those if you find that those aren't serving you anymore. Um, the habits that you have have gotten you this far, so it's not like those habits are bad. They, but if you're trying to change your situation, survival habits are not growth or thriving habits. Um, an easy example is like when you're just trying to pay bills and make food and make, you know, make food, buy food. Uh, if you're like in actual survival mode, the hoarding of resources, the saving as much as you can is good. Um, otherwise, you're not going to have anything to eat. Right. But when it comes to growing your resources, investing is how you make money. You don't save your way to a million dollars. You invest your way to a million dollars, especially with what the, what the return on freaking a savings account is right now basically zero right you're not making any money on that that money will sit and you should have some in savings for emergencies uh just as a side note but if you're trying to get rich saving your way is not the way to get rich you have to invest that money invest that time and as the returns come back to you uh you can invest those again and that's how you make a bunch of money for the long term or you know you get lucky and you end up in a sport uh, but most people don't have that option right but you don't you don't hoard your way into money is the point I'm trying to make here. But those are two different skills. So if you got out of the survival point and then you get to the middle phase of life and you're wondering why you're just trying to survive and survive and survive and hoard all this money, but you're not really seeing any growth year over year on that cash, that's because that's not how that's done. At some point, that skill, that way of being, that hoarding mentality in you needs to die and you need to bring on a spirit of giving, of investing, if you want to move from survival to uh, thrival. It's not to say that the survival skill is bad. The survival skill is important. It's just going to do different things for you. But without the ability to recognize what your habits are and, and work with those habits in the first place, you'll never even realize that that's what you're doing. The same thing applies outside of money and relationships too, by the way. If all your relationships are shit, uh, the common denominator in that is you. So either A, you're picking people purposely who you have to save or have fucking problems and then you wonder why your relationships are bad or or B, maybe you just ha are being an asshole to these quote-unquote nice people, but it's most likely the first option. The other thing that comes up often in this section is that every wound is a womb. So the places that uh, you have been injured at once you learn how to work with those things, then you have the skill to teach other people how to do those things. And you can share that knowledge with others. Okay, now back to the story. The king's daughter the next day inquired with the gardener about his boy. He's back in the garden. That strange coot went to the festival yesterday and only got back last night. He showed my children by the way three golden apples he had won. The king called the young man in and he appeared with the tarbouche on his head. The king's daughter went to him and pulled it off and his golden hair fell down over his shoulders. His beauty was so great that everyone was astounded. The king asked, Are you the knight that appeared each night at the festival with a different color horse and caught the apples? I am, he said, and I have the apples right here. Taking the apples from his pocket, he handed them to the king. 
If you need more evidence, you can look at the wound your men gave me. Once more, I am also the knight who helped defeat the enemy. If you can perform feats of that magnitude, then you are obviously not a gardener's boy. Who is your father? My father is a noble king, and he has a great deal of gold, as much as I will ever need. It is clear that I am in debt to you, said the king, so whatever I have in my power that will please you, I will give. Well, the young man said, I suggest that you give me your daughter as my wife. The king's daughter laughed and said, I like the way he doesn't beat around the bush. I already knew he wasn't a gardener's boy from his golden hair, so she walked over and kissed him. Mmm, my man's getting some action, giggity giggity. Now, the importance here uh, that you'll see is that the boy is finally willing to show his hair or his talents to the king. Uh, no longer hiding, he feels his moment has finally come. Uh, the majority of the story, he refused any reward or fanfare that would have come from his accomplishments, probably due to the shaming that he had received earlier. Uh, not in the story, obviously, but metaphorically, as we explained earlier, about the horse having three good legs and one bad leg. The boy has finally connected back to himself, um, has an assurance of who he is, and with these experiences that he's had over the course of the story, he is fine with standing in the spotlight. Now notice the difference in behavior here from the wound he received when he let Iron John out of the cage at the beginning of the story, feeling the need to soothe it, not really knowing what to do, and then dipping it into the pond and the events that occurred after that, versus being able to live with this wound that he has now because he now has the tools to work with healing that wound. Uh, there's no way to avoid having shit happen to you as long as you are alive on this planet. Uh, but once you have the tools to deal with new shit that happens to you, then you can continue on with your life without uh, blowing it up as an easy way to, to put that. You don't have to develop new coping me mechanisms or habits to help soothe yourself. You already know what to do to work with those sort of things. That way they don't impact your life negatively long term. Also, it's fun to point out that the princess, uh, the feminine in this story, already knew that the boy had talents before that he was willing to even show those things to the world. Um, like I said in the previous episode, if you find or when you find a good partner, uh, she will be able to recognize, or he, hey, you know, will be able to recognize those things in you that you may not see yourself and will encourage you to display those things uh, to the world in a positive light. All partnerships should be about helping each other get to uh, the next place where you want to go. Okay, here we are, the end of the story. So the young man's father and mother were among those invited to the wedding, and they came. They were in great joy because they had given up hope that they would ever see their dear son again. In the middle of the marriage feast, the music suddenly stopped, the door swung open, and a baronial king entered, accompanied by many attendants. He walked up to the young groom and embraced him. The guest said, I am Iron John, and that through an enchantment was turned into the wild man. You would free me from the enchantment, and now all the treasures that I own will belong to you. So that, my friends, is the end of the story. So it seems that even while the boy was going through his transformation, Iron John was also receiving his own transformation um, from the curse placed on him that we didn't even know about because uh, they don't mention it previously in the story. Uh, however, it wouldn't be an old-timey grim story if uh, there was no curse on any of the characters inside of it. And now a brief word from one of our sponsors, Audible. Hey guys, I've mentioned a lot of books over the course of this show. After all, it is much better to take the lessons that someone else has distilled down into a book instead of you making those same mistakes going throughout your life 
but we don't always have the time to sit down and read the book. That's why I've partnered with Audible, the leading provider of audiobooks and other types of spoken word entertainment, including podcasts like this one. Audible has thousands of titles to choose from, including Iron John, the book we're talking about today, which is wonderfully narrated. Uh, what Everybody is Saying, a extremely important beginner's guide into body language. And the works of Robert Greene, including The 48 Laws of Power and The Laws of Human Nature, two more of my favorites. One of my favorite things about Audible is that I can switch between my smartphone and my tablet without losing my spot. And it allows me to read while in transition moments like making dinner for myself or working out at the gym. Your membership comes with a free book every month. And when you use my code to sign up for your 30 day free trial, your first book is free. Go to audibletrial.com slash truempodcast to get started. That's audibletrial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com slash T-R-U-E-M-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. And now back to the show. Okay, so our man has been through a lot over the course of the story, but he's also grown and come into his own and will inherit his own kingdom. So he started out as a boy playing around in a courtyard, let out Iron John, had to steal the key from under his mother's pillow, representing sort of separation from uh, the mother. He spent three days in ritual space with Iron John as a mentor, learning how to do things, um, accept himself for who he is, right? That all, the, all that takes time. Then he went and learned. He worked in the kitchens, acquired a trade, did ashes work, learned how to deal with the fact that not everything is going to work out the way that you wanted to, uh, woke up his own internal king and internal warriors, helped defeat a kingdom, and now is married to the princess or the feminine here. So if we're going to summarize the five stages of male initiation, um, as the story Iron John places it, one, bonding with the mother and separation from her, two, bonding with the father and separation from him. Three, the arrival of the mentor who helps rebuild the bridge and the man to what is great in him. Things that may have been stifled to get him to behave or out of protection. If, uh, you know, the tall poppy gets cut down, as the Australians like to say, um, and plenty of cultures have different phrases for this same thing. But um, as a child, you don't really understand what your parents are trying to do. And then sometimes them just trying to look out and have your best interests in mind end up causing uh, long-term problems down the road uh, for the apprenticeship either being real um, as in like an actual apprenticeship learning a skill or a serious undertaking of a way of being like training as a professional athlete or a scientist but the uh, the acquiring of a skill and a real devotion a sense of duty to said skill uh, even when you don't feel like it you get up and do it even if you don't want to learn it you get up and learn it so that way you have something to rely on uh, to take care of yourself and then five the marriage with the queen or the ability to connect with the woman fully um funnily enough is that they bring that up here but it was also brought up in the no more mr nice guy book that a lot of the reasons that uh, men have problems in their relationships and aren't as available to the women in their lives as they would like to be is that they are still far too connected uh to their mothers and their mother's claim a, the space that the wife would like to have. Anyway, this series of shows has been an interesting experiment into a book breakdown. Uh, we've done and covered books previously, but 
I just did like one, maybe two episodes and covered the general gist of the book. Um, Iron John is a story, however, so I didn't think that that um, style would have worked. Also, I think that this book is a little bit more um, important and covers like a whole span of issues. Now, I, I left out a lot. I think this is like a nine hour um, audiobook, and it's also read much better um, by the original narrator than myself just sort of covering the story. So if any of this stuff about uh, Iron John interested you, I would suggest that you check out uh, the book itself as he goes into far greater detail uh, than even what I did over these past six episodes. Coming up next week, we'll move on to a new topic. So until then, I love you guys. Uh, be good to each other. And I'll see you soon. Thank you for hanging out with me on the True Masculine Project. Please like, rate, and subscribe in your favorite podcasting app. Uh, if you want to interact with the show, you can catch us on Instagram at true, T-R-U-E-M-P underscore podcast. See you next time.